coming up on the WAC podcast. It's flying solo today. Uh, no Kendra Sheehan as she is on the road, but we have two guests to make up for that as Paul Peterson, the head football coach at Utah Tech, will join us on the show, as well as Demetrius House, who is our new assistant director of communications in the WAC. So we're going to talk some WAC sports coming up on the WAC podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner with you. Kendra Sheehan is on her way to Texas at the moment, so flying solo today. But that's okay, as we have a lot going on in WAC Sports this week. We'll start off with WAC Football, as we have three teams tied at 2-1 and one after three weeks in the season, Abilene Christian was the last team to uh, suffer a loss as they fell at Missouri this past week, course of the SEC, so no shame in that for the Wildcats. Southern Utah, they moved to 2-1 and one with a big 17-10 win at Western Illinois as Justin Miller throws a big touchdown pass in the end of that game to Isaiah Wooden, 73 yards with under a minute to go to win that game. And also, Tarleton is now 2-1 and one after winning 41-6 over Eastern New Mexico. So, uh, three teams over 500 there. Sam Houston picking up their first win of the season. Zach Herbacek picks up the Ticket Smarter Whack Offensive Player of the Week. His first 100-yard performance, going for 131 yards on 19 attempts. Also, Jordan Yates picking up the Whack Top Play with one of the most incredible plays we will likely see this year the quarterback doing a 360 pirouette and then leaping into the end zone, getting flipped over, doing the somersault into the end zone for a six-yard score. He had 61 yards rushing on the day. Also this week, we had wide receiver Joey Hobart from Utah Tech, the son of Billy Joe Hobart, former NFL quarterback, had his third straight 100-yard receiving game, gaining 114 yards on nine catches as the Trailblazers lost to number 12, Weber State. Now, Utah Tech, we're going to talk to head coach Paul Peterson coming up in our next segment. Coach Peterson and the Trailblazers getting ready for their big rivalry game at Southern Utah. The Thunderbirds, uh, as we mentioned, are 2-1, and one, so that'll be a big matchup. These two teams have not faced each other in more than a decade as Dixie State, now Utah Tech, was Division Two. Southern Utah Division I, so their uh, schedules didn't always match up, so this will be their first time playing, and our own Kendra Sheehan will be at that game on the sidelines, uh, so you can watch that on ESPN Plus at 6 p.m. Mountain Time this Saturday. She's also going to be doing all kinds of social media stuff. It's going to be homecoming for Southern Utah. They also have a home volleyball match, so a lot of stuff going on there in Cedar City this week, so you want to check out Kendra Sheehan and what she has going on as well. Latest FCS rankings. Stephen F. Austin, who had the week off, they are ranked number 17 in the FCS coaches poll and number three in the number 23 in the stats perform top 25. So the Lumberjacks will be back at home this week. They will take on Warner on live on ESPN Plus. Abilene Christian will be at home against Western New Mexico. And the other whack matchup this week, Tarleton travels to North Alabama. All those games will be live on ESPN+. Plus. WAC Volleyball gets conference play underway this week. Stephen F. Austin atop the standings 
They have won three in a row at nine and one in their last 10, 12 and one overall. UTRGV second. UT Arlington is in third place in the standings right now. They have won six in a row for the Mavericks, so they are off to a hot start. Utah Tech is number four. Now, keep in mind the teams this year that are transitioning, Utah Tech and Tarleton, both are eligible for the WAC tournament this year, which is something new. Uh, New New Mexico State always playing a tough non-conference schedule. They're uh, right in the thick of things as well, so it'll be interesting to see as things get started this week who will be in the WAC tournament once we get to Edinburgh, Texas in uh, about the middle of November. WAC Women's Soccer Conference play got underway this past weekend. Southern Utah, Utah Tech both off to 2-0 starts. The Trailblazers, by the way, have won six matches in a row, so they lost two in a row. Now have won six in a row, so they both sit atop the standings. The Thunderbirds 7-1 and in their uh, start to the season, so very good start for them. Utah Valley and Seattle U both 1-0-1. Those are two uh, traditional powers in the Western Athletic Conference. California Baptist picking up a very big win over Grand Canyon. Remember, the Lopes are picked to win the conference this year. CBU wins 3-1 in that one. So they are off to a 1-0 start in conference play as that will head into week number two, men's soccer. They have another week to go before conference play gets underway, and we have some uh, good rivalries, that kind of thing happening this week. Also, Grand Canyon will be hosting Washington on Saturday. Of course, the Huskies always one of the top teams in the nation. Air Force traveling to San Francisco. We have uh, Utah Tech traveling to Portland. And uh, the following week is when we get conference play underway. That will be on Friday, September 30th. So plenty going on, as well as cross-country, which championships will be uh, October 29th in Nacogdoches at Stephen F. Austin. But coming up next will be head coach Paul Peterson from Utah Tech University as the Trailblazers get ready to face Southern Utah. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner with you flying solo today. We're now joined by the head coach at Utah Tech, Paul Peterson. Coach, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, Coach, I appreciate you taking some time out. A big week ahead for you. Uh, we talked about this at WAC Football Media Day back in July, about and actually the year before as well, uh, when the Southern Utah was coming in, your built-in rivalry and and now the week is here. So I imagine your schedule this week, uh, you've got to be talking to a lot of different people and everybody's telling you to to beat uh, Southern Utah this week. Yeah, this is, this is exciting. It's exciting for, I think, both programs. Um, it'll be great for our communities. Um, it's definitely going to be a, a fun game with a, with a lot of energy in it. And it sounds like a big crowd. Um I know Coach Fitz is doing a great job up there, and and he's matched the win total from from last year. So um, he's got them uh, playing playing hard, and we're we're just excited to get up there and showcase what we can do. Now you also mentioned uh, when I talked to you at Football Media Day that you have a, a long history at Southern Utah. Yeah. This uh, 
I, I know you, there, there's a lot of good-natured uh, ribbing back and forth yeah. between the schools, but at the same time, this is a place where uh, basically you got your start. Yeah, exactly. You know, Ed Lamb uh, took over a program that had lost 18 games in a row, and um, I had an opportunity to join him uh, back in what year would that be? 2007, and was there for four years, and were able to you know turn into a winning some multiple winning seasons, and then after I left, they got some conference championships. So probably me me leaving helped them get a little better. Uh, but it was definitely a, a great place to, to, you know, I had one of my sons there um, and, and um, enjoyed, enjoyed the scenery and the, the canyons and I enjoy fishing. So just right up the, right up the canyon there. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's a great place with great people, hardworking blue collar town. Um, but, you know, I, I know I recognize the, the hate, I guess, and I don't know if hate's the right word rivalry i guess <laughs> with the people from st george when there was only dixie high school and cedar high school and throwing rocks at the bus and you know no one's gonna rocks. get gas there yeah, yeah. not there's even eggs fights at the gas station pill? i'm sure there's i'm sure there's more than that but you know they they, they said uh some of the old timers when i first got here made sure they let me know about this rivalry and tell me you know i'd i'd rather run out of gas and, and coast down the coast down the hill than than get gas in cedar city and just some just some fun ribbon back and forth like that, but they they really mean it. So, <laughs> and this rivalry it's been dormant, uh, I believe, more than a decade now. Obviously, uh, Dixie State now Utah Tech transitioning uh, from D two to D one, and that was a big part of the reason that uh, there wasn't any games played the last decade or so. So I imagine that has this particular game uh, was even circled more uh, for you guys. Yeah, I think so. You know, more and more even even ground, right? I think, um, you know, SU's uh, had some conference championships in the last few years, and uh, Demario Warren and, and Ed Lamb uh, before him have done, did a really good job of bringing them uh, to the Big Sky. I was there when they got got jumped into the Big Sky Conference, and um, uh, so so a a good a good program just need to do a little bit of rebuild, and that's I think that's what Coach Fitz is going to do, and us obviously making this jump being our uh, second season in transition um you know we've got to prove that we belong at this level and this is a great game for us to do that now you had uh probably the toughest schedule in the nation in uh, the fcs last year uh not much easier this year either coach yeah. i mean you've had some tough games to start with sacramento state uh, a ranked team uh then you were able to come back home beat Chadron state uh, pretty handily especially in that second half and then uh, you go to weber another ranked team uh, as far as three games in this year versus last year, how do you feel about your team right now? Yeah, I, I think we're much further along than we were last year. You know, playing those ranked teams help us. It gave us a little sense of urgency of where we want to get to. Um, I believe our first season of, of playoff eligibility here is not for another couple of years. So, um, you know, as far as we're concerned that way, we've got a little bit of time to be able to develop, but we're, I was really appreciated the WAC conference and and letting us be able to compete for a WAC championship. That means a lot to us and to our program, and that's what we're going to be fighting for for this year. I know we got some really good teams, and we were ranked at the bottom, but I I feel like uh, if our team continues to improve and we play some really good teams and show that we can we can we can hang with them, we just need to be a little bit more consistent and and uh, finish off some of these games. But um, yeah, we're 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 excited for this uh, this tough tough schedule. It makes you makes you makes you better and and. Um, uh, you got to iron out some kinks and there's a little room for error when you're playing really good teams. And we saw that the first two weeks, first two Coach, offensively, your team, I look at the whack leaderboards and 
and it's a lot of Utah Tech uh, right there at the top. Let's start with the quarterback position. Yeah. Kobe Tracy coming in, leading the whack and passing yards, total offense. He, he's a guy that uh, came in uh, during your first game and has really uh, seems to click with your guys' offense. Yeah, I'm I'm proud of Kobe. You know, he had a little quarterback battle in camp uh, with with Victor Gabalas, and and um, you know, we felt like the team voted Victor as a captain, which says a lot about his character. And I uh, just had a, had a tough tough first outing, and Kobe was ready to go when his opportunity came, and he's he's taken advantage of it up up until this point. So a guy that uh, starting the season was uh, a backup. We were planning on playing both of them, but has come in and done some really good things and he continues to improve each, each week, uh, making some big time throws and, and um, you know, he's got some things that he needs to work on, but he's, he's definitely aware of those. Uh, he's clicking with the receivers and he knows um, where he needs to go with the football most of the time. And if we can get him, if we can get him to, uh, to go where he's supposed to all the time, we're going to be uh, put on some more points and more yards. And then at running back, Quali Conley, he was our player of the week a couple of weeks ago. He leads the whack in rushing, uh, with four touchdowns as well. Did you expect Quali uh, to make that uh, next step like he has this year? Yeah, you know, Quali did a really good job for us in COVID spring when we played those five games. Um, he was our premier back that we that we showcased. So we knew that he could do that. Um, and, and then we had an injured guy come back and take a lot of reps uh, last fall. And and he saw himself more as, a, as in the number two role and to get as many touches. But him as the premier back, um, quality somebody that we want to get a certain amount of touches to get him involved in the pass and the run game. Um, and he's, he's got a bright future for us too. And, and the leader in the whack in receiving uh, right now, Joey Hobart. And this is a name old guys like me. I'm like, uh, Joey Hobart. That sounds familiar. Yeah. His dad, Billy Joe Hobart, uh, NFL quarterback. Joey Hobart has really come in and, and been one of the top receivers in the league this year. Yeah, I'm not sure. Is he number one in the nation? He might be number one in the nation right now as far as receiving goes. I mean, they don't they don't once we're in this probation, they don't carry our stats on, but um he's done a great job for us. Definitely, definitely a guy that understands the offense, understands what, what windows he needs to. He's just a tough old school type football player that you would rally around. You know, I told our team. You know, you, you you're in a you're in a you're in a fight. You know, you meet meet a couple guys at the at the gas station for a fight, and he's the first guy I'm calling because I know he'd go till the very end. And you can see that in a football game, um, that, that that he does that and competes at a high level. Fun to watch, really good uh, rack. You know, um, and and um, has the ability to take the house every time he touches the ball. So we just want to keep trying to give it to him. Um, he's awesome. We uh, we actually also just throw this in there too. Um, uh, he's a captain. He wasn't captain at the beginning of the year, made him a captain this week. And so he's definitely one of our leaders. Well, like I said, Billy Joe Hobart was the name I, I was familiar with. And, and also I'm watching your game against Shadron state and the color analyst, Jay Schrader, uh, yeah. former Super Bowl uh, winning quarterback. Right. I, I didn't realize he had ties to the, uh, St. George and Utah tech. Yeah. He he's down here. Um, He's he's an awesome he's an awesome guy. And they're both both him and and uh, uh, Joey's dad are big dudes. <laughs> they're big guys. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe he has some eligibility left if if yeah, you need him yeah. again, uh, Coach. How does your uh, week change? I, I know you have luncheons, those kind of things going on. Does anything change this week with with Southern Utah? And obviously, it's a it's a bus trip. It's not a flight yeah. like 
like most of your travel is. Right. I, I think it's awesome. Just like Weber, um, you know, a little bit of a longer bus ride up there, but being able to stay in state and, and close, we're going to treat this like a home game. So we're, you know, let the boys sleep in their own bed. We'll just, we'll just bump everything up an hour because it's 45 minutes up the road. Um, so that's, that's, that's going to be nice. You know, as far as, as far as like our practice schedule, sticking to the same routine, same schedule, uh, just a little bit more sense of urgency uh, in, in, in the way we're, we're conducting our business. And this is going to be a fun game for our guys. Well, coach, I uh, want to wish you the, the best of luck uh, this uh, upcoming week and, and season. And uh, we'll be uh, looking for you down there. I know Kendra is going to be making the trip to Cedar city. So cool. you might be uh, have a chance to chat with her uh, this weekend as well. Awesome. Awesome. Anything we could do to, to pump the brand of Utah tech. We're, we're excited the growth. We're excited. Our players are playing, doing everything we're asking them to. And so we're just, we just need to get past them, break that ceiling. And this is a good opportunity for our guys. All right. That is Paul Peterson, head coach at Utah tech coming up next. We're going to talk to Demetrius house, our new assistant director of communications in the WAC. You're listening to the WAC podcast. We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner playing solo today, but as we mentioned before, we're now joined by Demetrius House, who is our new Assistant Director of Communications in the WAC. Demetrius, welcome to the WAC and welcome to the WAC Podcast. Appreciate it, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad hey. to be here. Appreciate you being on here, Demetrius. Uh, first off, let's uh, let's learn a little bit about you. You just started with the WAC in the last month or so, and uh, tell us where you came from and uh, and kind of what uh, what drew you to the uh, Western Athletic Conference. Well, like I, uh, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. Went to Lancaster High School, and I went to college at Texas Southern University, and I got my first job at Mississippi Valley State which is in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And from there, I went to Southern and spent maybe a year. And then I saw this opportunity for that the conference office from the WAC was moving to the Texas area. So I couldn't beat a chance to go back home and work and do something that I love to do. So it's just great to be here in the Texas area now. I know everyone's from my new, my new office is trying to get in town so we can all enjoy each other and learn everything together. But I've been enjoying it so far. Yeah, as we mentioned on the podcast before, last week was our last uh, official podcast in Denver, and the WAC has been headquartered in uh, in Denver for about sixty years now, and and moving the office to Arlington, and we'll have much more on that in the next month or so. But uh, Demetrius, ahead of the curve, uh, got got moved here before I did as uh, I'm doing my first episode here in Texas. But uh, so you mentioned growing up in the Dallas area, and you also grew up playing sports. So is that where you, you developed that uh, that affinity for sports uh, initially? Yeah, I grew up playing sports. I pretty much played baseball, basketball, football all the way growing up. And then maybe my freshman year was probably my last year playing baseball of high school. And my sophomore year was my last year playing football in high school. And I became more of a behind-the-scenes person. I started helping out our high school football coach, our high school track coach at Lancaster High School. Um, 
from there, I went to went off to college and ran into the commissioner at a conference game and was like, hey, I've done this in high school and I want to see if I can do it on the college level and spoke to him and that turned into a job. And here I am today, 10 years later, still getting it in. Well, as we mentioned, your title is assistant director of communications, but uh, a lot of people in the business still call it SID, sports information director. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you did at your various stops along the way, as, as maybe some of the listeners aren't aren't sure exactly what a, a communications director does or what a sports information director does. So mostly, I mean, I like to tell everybody that I'm a glorified scorekeeper. So you got to have somebody to keep the score at the game, uh, someone to keep up with the stats and all of the information and take care of the interviews. And then you do the paperwork, you do the game sheets, the time sheets, score books, of course. And then you, you take that and you still have somebody has to run the scoreboard. Somebody has to input stats. And pretty much uh, when I was at Mississippi Valley, we had 15 sports and I was a one-man shop. So I was pretty much tackling from – player bios, player rosters, team schedules, coaches' bios, day-to-day events happening on campus, and any type of thing that would come up. And then moving to Southern, we had a pretty pretty decent staff. It was four of us all together. Uh, one was our deputy AD, and then two, me and, a, me and another gentleman, we both were assistant directors, and then we had an assistant. So we split the sports up pretty evenly between the four of us, and – that made made life a lot simpler. And then now coming to the WAC office, you add all those teams from 13 different conferences, and then you're doing one sport at a time, or maybe two like myself doing volleyball and women's soccer right now, trying to catch up and make sure everything keeps going to float. You mentioned you grew up playing kind of the, the, the big sports, football, basketball, baseball. But um, as you mentioned just now, too, that you had uh, – all these different sport responsibilities. And now on the WAC, you mentioned volleyball, women's soccer. In terms of learning about those sports, how has that been at, for the last 10 years? Learning, you know, because volleyball has a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of different statistics. And, you know, if you're ever trying to stat a volleyball match, uh, you know, God bless you, because it's a, it's a fast-moving game. And women's soccer has its own set of, you know, nuance as well. How have you been able to learn about those sports uh, as you've taken on this role? Well, I'll say with volleyball, I did connect more with my coaches once I got on campus. So I would learn more what they would see and what they were, what they were looking for to come from this side of the department. And the actual statting part actually came almost second nature with this new NLS system that they have at the Genius Stat. When you, for volleyball, you pretty much only have to have three numbers on each side. You maybe have to do a volley or something in between there, but that'll be about it. And then soccer stats, it's pretty simple. You know, you just have to be be able to pay attention to the game. Like I tell people all the time, when when I go to a game, it's hard for me to watch the game because I'm either statting the game or doing social media. So I I watch the game mostly when I get home through highlights. So because when I'm at the game, I'm always in work mode. Yeah, it's it can be a, uh... A bit overwhelming for for sure for uh, for me anyway when I when I'm checking out some of those matches. Now we do have conference play getting started this week. Let's start with volleyball. Uh, women's soccer conference started last week, but volleyball standings. And this is my sixth year in the WAC now. And, and Demetrius, I, I struggle to find a time when 
so many teams are off to such very good starts, starting with Stephen F. Austin. They're 12-1. and one. Uh, They've won three matches in a row. They had a long win streak. They are uh, on top of the standings, but uh, I, I, you don't erase them, I guess, once conference play starts. But, I mean, it, it does start a, a brand-new season. Yeah, they, they came out the gate running their 12-1, and one, like we stated, and then right behind them, you got UT Rio Grande Valley that's 11-4, and four, but like you, also, like you said, this week we'll start conference play, and it's pretty much 0-0 now. Everybody starts off with a new schedule. The non-conference just prepares you for the conference slate. Well, yeah, we'll see who's going to Edinburgh. Yeah, the, the WAG Volleyball Tournament this year will be hosted by UTRGV, who, uh, as you mentioned, they're on a big run here at uh, 11-4. and four. And UT Arlington, brand new to the league, they're on a six-match winning streak heading into conference play. Utah Tech at number four, and, and one of the new things this year, Demetrius in the WAC, is that the transitioning schools will be eligible for all WAC championships, even though they are not eligible for NCAAs. So all of a sudden, teams like Utah Tech and Tarleton, where in years past they're just playing – for you know the best record they can get but this year they're playing for a conference championship and that really could change the complexion of of who we see in edinburgh this year yeah when you add those type of teams that are competitive and they they can compete in in any game with any team so you add those teams to the teams that we already have here in the conference and it should be a nice event there in edinburgh we have a conference play getting underway on september Let's see, it's going to be September 22nd on Thursday. We have Sam Houston traveling to Abilene Christian, Tarleton uh, against Stephen F. Austin, Utah Valley, Utah Tech right off the bat uh, will be a, a good matchup to watch out for there. UTRGV, New Mexico State, there's a couple of teams that have won WAC championships uh, starting off the season. Grand Canyon at Seattle U and then Southern Utah against California Baptist. So plenty of action to check out here in WAG volleyball to start with and women's soccer were already underway in league play as things started uh, last week. And right off the bat, it's the two Utah schools, two and O uh, and Utah tech, as we mentioned, they will be eligible for the tournament this year. They are in a six match winning streak, uh, losing their first two of the year. They're now six and two. And that includes uh, a couple of big wins this past week, Demetrius over Stephen F. Austin and against, uh, UTRGV. Stephen F. Austin, by the way, was the Southwest Division champion last year and made it to the semifinals of the tournament. So these uh, these two Utah schools uh, in the southern part of the state, they're looking pretty good right now. Yeah, just to speak on Utah Tech first, they're, they haven't allowed a goal in over 570 minutes. So they're within, during their six-game winning streak, they haven't, they haven't lost a game the entire month of September. So, and then Southern Utah with their seven and one record, they're just looking like they were actually picked to in the preseason poll. I want to say like 11th or 12th. Right. So for them to be sitting in the number one spot right now, that's that's a pretty good thing for Southern Utah. They got a good program over there. Yeah. And, and to be, you know, uh, we're going to have six teams qualify for the women's soccer tournament, which will be at Seattle U this year. It's going to be uh, interesting to see who gets in those six spots, especially with Tarleton and Utah Tech now eligible for the tournament titles. And coming up uh, this week, we have some more big matches. Uh, Grand Canyon, uh, they they played well in uh, in some games. They beat Arizona 
They beat New Mexico. Then they, they had Arkansas come in, who is, uh, you know, was a top 20 ranked team. Then they lose uh, to start the season against California Baptist. Then they got to go and uh, they have Seattle U coming to town. So it's uh, it's always tough in the whack in women's soccer. Oh, yeah. You got four four teams right now on winning streak. So someone is going to show their self if they don't be able to make their trip to Seattle. So we have a good <laughs> tournament there out of the six teams. And one of the things, Demetrius, that's different this year about women's soccer than previous years we used to have golden goal. So if it was tied at the end of regulation, you'd go to overtime, first team to score would win the match. No golden goal in regular season this year. So that uh, that could change the standings quite a bit as we're probably going to see a lot more ties, I would think. Right. I know we had a few ties these past couple of weekends. And, of course, you got teams that ended in ties. We had maybe, I want to say, three or four of our conference games ended in ties this past weekend. So... Yeah, we're going to see a lot more ties than we used to. I mean, you would love to have someone win, someone lost, and to help out the standings, but we have to do what we have to do. Well, hey, Demetrius, want to thank you for taking some time out. I, uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. Maybe it'll happen this week, maybe next week, but uh, talk to we you a few times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should get together and have lunch or something since you're now in town. Sounds good, Demetrius. That's Demetrius House, our Assistant Director of Communications for the WAC. We also want to thank Paul Peterson, who we had on the show as well. And thank you for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.